Hey, welcome to the podcast for Scotts Hill Baptist Church. We hope this message helps you discern what is true, what is right, and what is good. We pray it is an encouragement for you today. If you have a Bible or want to download the Bible app real quick and follow along, we're exploring the book of Psalm today, specifically chapter 98. Enjoy the message. Well, hey there, Scotts Hill. So glad that you guys are here this morning, and hello to those of you who are watching online, following us online. Thank you so much for joining us today for worship. We're continuing in our summer playlist series this morning and today, and we're excited because we've got a new psalm and a new song. We're going to be looking at Psalm 98 this morning, and I want to check out the first verse right out of the gates. It says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. A new song. Anybody else here a fan of new songs? I'm sure I can't be the only one who gets really excited about new music or, or a new song that you haven't heard before or a new artist that, that you, you've never listened to until recently. I'm the kind of person who gets really, really excited about new music. I love new music, new songs, new artists. And I'm actually the kind of person who gets so excited about it that I want to share it with everyone else. I'm always trying to turn other people on to a new song that I've been listening to that I'm loving or a new artist that I just found and I'm vibing with. I'm the kind of guy who walks around like, hey, have you heard this? Hey, hey, have you heard that? And I'm constantly sharing the new music that I'm excited about. That's my favorite thing to do. In fact, on Spotify, my two favorite playlists are Discover Weekly and New Music Friday. So every Monday, a new Discover Weekly playlist comes out, and you better believe I'm cranking it to 11 on my way to work on Monday, listening to that new music that I haven't heard before, discovering new artists, listening to new songs. And then every Friday, I'm listening to the latest releases, the up-and-coming artists, all of those types of things, because I love music and I love new music. In fact, I even take pride in kind of knowing all the new artists before everyone else does. I take pride in, in, in knowing a song. Somebody comes to me, hey, have you heard this? I'm like, oh yeah, I've been listening to that for weeks. I'm the kind of person who takes pride in being like, yeah, I'm on top of the game. I know the music industry, what's dropping, what's coming out, what's up and coming. In fact, sometimes I'll get frustrated when somebody shows me a song that I haven't heard before. They'll show me a song and I'm listening to it and my head starts bobbing. I'm like, oh man, this is a bop. But then I'm like inside, I'm like, why did I not know about this song? Like, how did they tell me about, how did they find it before I did? I get frustrated that they knew the song before I did. And I know, I know, it's pretty silly to expect that I would know every new song that comes out, that I would be on top of every up and coming artist, especially with the speed of the industry today how fast the industry moves. You've got new artists coming left and right, new songs dropping. There always seems to be more and more music on Spotify. But I love it. I love how fast the music industry moves. I love new songs. And today I want to share with you a few songs that I've been rocking recently that have blessed me. I want, I want to do you the favor and, and share with you The God Who Fights For Me from Zoe Worship. It's a song for this season, let me tell you. If there was ever a time to need the reminder that we have a God who fights for us, it's 2020. Because <laughs> it feels like we're pretty helpless in the midst of all this craziness. And the second one is something that is pretty on the nose for somebody like me. It's called quiet. A song by Elevation Rhythm that 
helps us sit in the silence of God's presence, helps us, it reminds us to, to worship God as, as a place of being still, knowing he is God, in the place of just listening to his voice and listening to the comfort that he brings when we actually slow down enough to be quiet. And then the third is Psalm 98. Psalm 98, a song of justice and praise, a new song for us today. And I'm so excited about digging into it with you. But before we do, will you pray with me? Will you join me in praying that God would speak through this message and that his spirit would impact us personally? Let's pray. Father God, we're so grateful today that you are here, you are with us, and that you love us. God, we sing about how you've saved us. We sing about your incredible work in our lives, God. But right now we ask that you would move in a way that's new, that's fresh. Help us to, to look at this psalm with a new perspective and helping us to grow closer to you as we do. God, I pray that your spirit would lead and that your words would speak through me and that you would get the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, go ahead and turn to Psalm 98 if you have your Bibles. Uh, if not, grab your Bible app, get it out, get to Psalm 98, and let's read this together. It says, starting in verse 1, O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre. And with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar in all that fills it. Let the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. And he will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. The psalmist here writes this song calling God's people, calling the people of Israel specifically at this time that it was written to worship God with a new song. But why a new song? Why does it require a new song? Are the old ones, are they gone bad? Why a new song? Well, for the people of Israel, this psalm was likely written after a recent military victory. We don't know for sure. There's no facts that we can trace to know exactly why this psalm was written. But it's safe to assume that it could have been a recent military victory. Some believe that it was, it was shortly thereafter their return from captivity in Babylon. Some have even argued that this psalm, Psalm 98, would have been perfect for the dedication of the temple in Jerusalem, as they had returned home and been set free from exile in Babylon. God had restored their nation. And so the argument is this, is that a new song is needed. A new song is necessary because this was a new demonstration of God's saving power in their lives. 
This was new evidence that God was for them and that he was fighting on their behalf. This was new evidence that God wanted them to be redeemed and restored to what he created them for. It was a song for deliverance, a deliverance that was so great it demanded a new song. See in verse one it says, for he, God, has done marvelous things and we sing a new song. And I love what you, you learn when you dig into the actual original language. See, when it says God has done marvelous things, that, that phrase in the Hebrew, it actually essentially means a miracle. It's not just like marvelous things like, okay, yeah, that was pretty cool. No, no, no. This is something that was literally impossible with man. Something that could not be done by human hands. Something that could only happen if God was at work. When it says he has done marvelous things, we're talking about the miraculous. God's people had watched him do something they couldn't do themselves. He had worked salvation for them from their enemies and from their struggles. And that's great. Good for the people of Israel, but what about us? What about us? Why are we, right now, in 2020, in August, in the midst of the probably worst year ever. Why are we charged to sing a new song? What marvelous things have we seen? I believe that for us to sing a new song, it's gonna have to come from a fresh faith. Right now, it's difficult for us to imagine singing a new song to God. I, I, I can totally understand for a lot of us. But the truth is, a new song comes from a fresh faith. You're going to need to have fresh faith to sing this new song. The people of Israel had seen it. They had seen God work salvation for them. They had seen God moving in a way, a miracle they couldn't have imagined. No wonder they had fresh faith, right? They just watched God do something that was impossible for them to do by themselves. So, of course, they had fresh faith to sing a new song. Of course, they got creative. They were passionate. And they, and they wrote beautiful melodies to, to glorify God. And they, they got super into it with their worship. But again, I say, what about us? What, what do we have to get excited about? Is our faith fresh? Is our faith fresh? Are, are we fresh in our faith or are we in a season of asking this question? God, what have you done for me lately? God, I, I, I know, yeah, you saved me with Jesus. You know, you, you promised me some good things, but man, I'm looking around and I'm going, you forget about me? You abandoned me? Are you still there? Do, do you still love me? Because I ain't feeling it. 2020 is a season of asking this question of God, what have you done for us lately? We're saying marvelous things, more like dangerous things. Right now, I'm seeing more destruction than salvation. I'm seeing more division than provision. God, I'm looking around and, and everything I see is pointing to your absence your silence, maybe even your abandonment of us. 
of me personally. And believe me, I hear you. I'm right there with you at times wrestling with the emotions. I think if somebody's living in today without feeling the struggle, they're just not human. They're crazy or they're not human. The struggle is all too real. Everyone's waiting for the nightmare to end. Everyone. Just skip past it all. But my question for us today, my question for you, is what if God is using this to refine your faith? What if God is using this season to bring about some freshness because what, what's there is stale? What if God is using this to reveal something, to shape your heart? And what if we stopped asking God, what have you done for me lately by examining our circumstances and instead lean into what he's trying to do in our spirit? It's so easy to look around and say, God, what are you doing? Why would I praise you? Look at X, Y, Z, all the things around me. What if God is trying to shake up a fresh faith within us? What if he wants the world to slow down around us so that he can meet us personally and intimately? See, now more than ever, I think we got to stop looking at our circumstances and start looking at our spirituality our personal relationship with God. A new song comes from a fresh faith. And if you want that fresh faith, you gotta embrace what God is doing in your heart right now. What God is doing in your spirit right now. What is he revealing? What's he uncovering? What's he removing? Where is he directing? These are the things that, that I believe God is calling us to. And I want you to know something. I wanna encourage you here today. I want you to know that these type of seasons are precisely God's plan to develop your character. That's what he tells us in his word. Romans 5, 3 through 5 makes it pretty clear. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Take a look around. It's a pretty safe bet that God is working on our endurance, our character, and our hope right now in each of us. God is reaching out to you today saying, I'm working, I'm moving, it just might be on the inside. I'm meeting with you today. I'm here. Just may not be this external thing that you're used to. Instead, it might be this internal personal relationship, this intimacy that maybe you've never reached before. And God wants to awaken in your life. See, I'm so excited about the truth of that because as God refines our hearts, shapes our character what comes out of it is a fresh faith and a desire to sing a new song because we knew we'll know God more personally, more intimately and at a deeper level than maybe we ever did before. So as crazy as it sounds, maybe we are prime for a new song 
to God. And with fresh eyes, let's continue walking through this psalm, picking back up at the second half of verse one. It continues after it says he has done marvelous things. It says his right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him is what it says. And it's not all that unusual for his right hand and his his arm and other personifications of God to be used in the Old Testament, especially in poetry, especially in the Psalms, when talking about God's physical actions that impact the world, when God's acting on our behalf or working in the world and it impacts us. But I want you to think about this for a second. Who's seated at the right hand of God? Who's well known for being at the right hand of the Father? Sunday school answer, Jesus. Take a look at Mark 16, nine. It says, so then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. In Romans, we see this. 834, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, hallelujah, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. And we see it in Hebrews 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This psalm was written before Jesus, But I bet with everything inside of me that we're supposed to read it understanding that it's pointing to Jesus. Understanding that when it says his right hand and his holy arm has worked salvation for him, we're talking about the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. We're talking about what Jesus has done for us, the one who sacrificed his life to give us life. You want something to refresh your faith? Today, this morning, you want something to stir up faith within you? Remember the cross. Remember the cost of the cross. The weight of your sin, the reality of your failure and your inability to save yourself, but God's incredible love to save you in spite of it. That through faith you can be saved By grace, God has shown his love for you. Salvation is here. Verse two reminds us of that. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. In Jesus, righteousness is revealed and available. That's what we see here. In Jesus, righteousness is revealed and available. I mean, let's be honest, righteousness feels out of reach a lot of days, huh? I know it's true for me. I I wake up and one misstep, one moment where I let my emotions get out of hand, one not so gentle word to my wife, one harsh word, harsh discipline to my two-year-old son who just will not listen. One moment where my pride creeps up and I wanna make a decision based on preference rather than God's will. I know it all too well that righteousness seems out of reach, but then we gotta remember that Jesus is the source of it. You can't do it on your own. 
God has revealed righteousness and made it available to you through Jesus. You can't earn it. You could live as the most religious person ever known and still not be right with God. You could be the most humble, the most kind, the most hardworking, the most ethical, have the greatest integrity, be the most selfless. And I'm sorry, it still won't add up. It still will not add up to be enough to prove to God that you are good enough because the truth is he is perfect. But the truth also is that God gives us righteousness in Jesus. It's so incredible that that the heaviness and the reality of how far separated we are from God is met immediately with the joy and grace that God came to meet us and offers a way for us back to him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 puts it this way, for his, or for our sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. For us, faith equals righteousness, not works. For us, trust in Jesus equals righteousness, not checking boxes. For us, obedience to Jesus out of love equals righteousness, not a fear of screwing up so you do all the right things. That's how we become righteous. We trust Jesus and turn away from our old life. And what's so amazing is that as you go about life, the longer you walk with Jesus, the more you'll know that, oh man, I just keep screwing up. (laughs) I just can't seem to get this right. I, I should have it figured out by now. Right? I've been walking with him long enough. I shouldn't struggle with this same deal. Why do I keep failing? But the good news is we see in verse 3 that God remembers his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel, the people of God. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. God is faithful to keep us. He's faithful to keep you. You may slip up, but he never will. That's why we praise. It's why we break out into singing and giving him praise. Verses four to six, let's read them again. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of the melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. So what we realize as we read this psalm is that praise breaks out when Christ is your King. Praise breaks out when Christ is your king. When when you have received the righteousness that's been made available, when you have received the salvation that's been made known to you, when you submit to Jesus as king, praise breaks out. And again, I want to tell you about some of the Hebrew here. When it says in in verse 4, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth break forth into joyous song, this phrasing here in the Hebrew is this idea that it's literally uncontainable. It's bursting at the seams. It's something that you cannot hold in. It's physically impossible to contain. It's too amazing, too exciting, too awesome. You can't hold it in. You just can't keep it in. And when I think about that concept, I think about my wife. Man, she can't keep a secret to save her life. Especially if it's good news. Sorry, Jess, I'm putting you on blast. I love you, but she can't hold it back, especially if it's exciting for her. You know, I, 
I think about when we were dating and she would get presents for Christmas or my birthday. And one year I remember she got me my Christmas present pretty early, right? And she's telling me about it in September. And I'm like, that's awesome. Goodness, I hope I don't have to get your present already. I mean, I got a little bit of time, right? And then in October, she keeps talking about it. I'm like, okay, I see that you're excited. She literally by November was like, can I just give it to you? And I'm like, no, presents are for Christmas. Like, why am I gonna open up my Christmas present on Thanksgiving? Like, that doesn't work that way. No, like keep Christmas Christmas. But she just, she cannot contain her excitement and her joy. And the same is true um, in our life as parents. You know, when, when, when Landon was born, I mean, she's pregnant now and she's pregnant now with, with our second child and it's a girl. So we're, we're getting ready for her to arrive in September. And we're excited because we picked out a name and, you know, she started nesting. So man, the nursery's been ready for weeks. And we're getting excited because we got the name picked out, but we've kind of kept it under wraps and that's more my deal than hers, of course, obviously. For me, when, when, when Landon, when we were pregnant with Landon before he was born, I, I thought of it this way that, you know, children are a gift from God and so for us to, to give him a name, I wanted to wait till God gave me my son and I was holding him in my arms before I gave him his name. When God gave me my son, I gave him his name. And I wanted to cherish that special moment and it was really, it was a very sentimental moment for me, something that I'll remember forever giving him his name on his birthday when he was born. But for my wife, she kind of wanted to tell everybody right away. And now second time around, I'm like, hey, let's do the same thing. I mean, it's special, it's sentimental, you get it, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One night she came up to me not too long ago. We picked out, you know, our daughter's name and she comes up to me and she says, Josh, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about how we shouldn't necessarily wait. I think that we should tell people our daughter's name. I'm like, okay, all right, I'll listen to you. Why? She said, well, here's the deal. With Landon, I actually really didn't get to experience that moment of sharing his name with the world, with our family, with our loved ones, because I give birth, you hold Landon, take a picture of him and send that to our family and text the name to our family. And here I am, passed out, just giving birth. You're getting excited, getting all these texts and I'm exhausted. And that moment actually wasn't special for me. And I'm like, wow. Whew. she's right. That was an amazing moment for me, but it actually wasn't that special for her. And man, my wife, she's good. She knows how I work. You got to come with a good argument in order to convince me. And she did. She got me. And so I said, all right, how do you want to do it then? And she goes, well, since all of our family's coming into the next three weeks, the next four weeks, we can tell them as soon as they get, and she had it all planned out. She had this whole thing scheme from the very beginning. She knew that our family was coming into town, both her side and my side within a, a, a month and a half time span. And she was like, I'm not letting him have them come here without telling them. I'm telling them, I can't hold it back no more. And she had this incredible argument made, made my mind and, and changed my mind. And so she's so excited to share that literally we, we picked them up from the airport. She's poking me in the car. Can I tell them? Can I, tell? I was like, no, just wait till we get home. They get in the door. They haven't even brought their luggage upstairs. Can I tell them? Can I tell them? Can I tell them? I'm like, okay, hold on. Let's just, let's get into the living room and sit down for a second. And yes, we can tell them. 
but she was bursting with excitement, with, with joy because of this incredible news that she wanted to share. And I got a treat for you guys this morning. We decided that we're happy to share with you her name today. Hallie Maxine is gonna be the name of our daughter. We're very excited. We both love the name Hallie. It was a name that rose to the top of our list. And then Maxine as her middle name because Jess's great grandma, um, Maxine, has been an incredible example of faithfully following the Lord and really poured into Jess and is constantly praying for us and has been such a, a, a spiritual impact for Jess's life. And so we're excited to honor um, her with Hallie's middle name. But the point I make today isn't about the name. It's about this concept that what we have in Jesus is so exciting, so amazing, so life-changing that we can't help but break into song to share it with the world. That it's bubbling up inside of us to the point where we make whatever convincing argument we gotta make. We figure out whatever way we can to share it, to sing it, to shout it from the rooftops because that's what we have in Jesus. And it is a big deal. You remember looking at verses five and six, they keep adding instruments, saying, not, not loud enough, not big enough. They can't hear us down the street. Neighbors haven't complained yet. Come on, let's make this a big deal because our God is big and amazing and his love for us is more than we ever could deserve. Let's blow the doors off this party. Turn the volume up and sing praise because God is amazing and he is worthy of it. Every bit of the volume that we lift up with our voices, with our instruments, with everything that we have inside of us, God is worthy of it. Praising God means singing because you're saved. It's shouting because you're free. It's crying out because you're blind and now you see. It's dancing because you were dead and now you're alive. I think we need an organ backstage because I'm starting to feel a little something. We, we shout. Excitement is okay in church, amen? Joy is, is actually needed in church, Amen? I mean, we should be praising with every fiber of our being. That's what this psalm reminds us. And as we finish, we even see that the earth itself, the sea, the rivers, the hills are all celebrating as well. But as we read this, I want you to see what it is that they're praising God for. Read verses seven through nine again with me. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and all those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Verses seven and eight say that the whole world and all that dwell should sing for joy together. But why? Verse nine says, before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Hold up. How often do you hear about a celebration of joy for coming judgment? Usually joy isn't the emotion that accompanies judgment is, is coming. Usually excitement, anticipation, happiness isn't the emotion that you feel when you know that judgment's around the corner. Typically judgment means punishment, right? Typically 
we think of judgment as, oh no, I'm in trouble. And why? What? Let's be honest. We know because we're not perfect. We know because every single one of us in here, every single one of us watching online, we all know that we miss the mark, that we are incapable of meeting the mark on our own, on the regular. But the earth is crying out for justice. And we're crying out for justice in so many ways. And we see here that the earth in this psalm is crying out for God to come judge because they know that his judgment means justice. God's judgment isn't actually a bad thing, it's a good thing. God's judgment means justice as we see it in this psalm and the reality of it for us. And all around us we see the need for it, right? Racial justice for black people in America, social justice for the oppressed and the abused, justice for those in human trafficking. The need for justice is real today, maybe more than ever before, and the cries for it are everywhere. But what have we seen happen when the world tries to pursue justice in and of itself? What have we seen when, apart from God, the world tries to find justice. Well, this is what we see. When the world cries for justice, they end up canceling people. But when God brings justice through Jesus, he ends up redeeming people. This is the difference. This is why there's joy with God's judgment, because there's Jesus. Because there's not just this punishment for the wrongdoing. Because there's redemption being offered on the other side. Because there's a God who loves us enough that he sacrificed his son so that we could come back from our mess. So that we could come back from our brokenness. So that we could come back from our mistakes. So that we could come back from our sin. We don't need to be canceled, removed, forgotten, condemned. No, we can be forgiven. And we can find a new life in God. Cancel culture is everywhere, spreading like wildfire, removing and condemning anything that could even possibly offend someone. And don't get me wrong, yes, there are so many offenses that need punishment, that deserve consequences here and now. Those that are hurting people, oppressing people, breaking laws, but... The world's answer to sin is once a sinner, always a sinner. The world's answer to sin is condemnation. You can't come back from this. You're buried. You're done. But God's answer, redemption through his son, Jesus Christ. God's answer is the opposite. The enemy wants to see you canceled because of your sin, but God, he wants to see you redeemed from it. John 10, 10 says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. God doesn't want to see you canceled. That's what the broken world wants. That's what the devil wants. He wants to see you destroyed. He wants to see you killed. That's why he tempts you constantly with that garbage, with all the things that you know you shouldn't do, with all the things that the world is offering, claiming that this will make you feel better. This will make you feel right. This is what matters most. 
And it's a lie to destroy you, but God, he wants to see you have a new life and an abundant one, one that is full because it's apart from sin. An abundant life exists apart from sin. And there's only one way for that to happen and it's Jesus. God doesn't want to cancel you. He wants to cancel your sin. Colossians 2.4 puts it this way, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Listen, God is just and there were serious consequences for your sin. There are serious consequences for your sin in eternity, but God canceled them in his son. And by faith, through the grace of God, through Jesus Christ, you can be forgiven of it. God doesn't want to cancel you. He wants to cancel your sin. And if you're listening to this today and you haven't put your faith in Jesus, please listen. God's judgment is coming. It's real. But you can be on the other side of it. You can be on the right side of it. The side that praises God when it comes because of the amazing love he's given you in his son. It means accepting what the Bible says is true about Jesus. It means accepting your need for a savior. It means believing that, that Jesus is God's son and it means turning away, confessing your sin, turning away from it and committing to follow after him. But you can be on the right side of judgment. And I pray that for you today, not so that you would fear the judgment, but that you would Realize the love that exists for you. That your fear of God isn't the traditional sense where you're afraid of what he might do to you, but instead you fear him because he is so great and, and incredible and good. And once you get saved, the result is that you sing. So today I've got two of the simplest, maybe ever, responses. I didn't say easiest, but simplest to what God's word teaches us. And they're both gonna end up in singing. Number one, get saved and sing. Put your faith in Jesus and then sing because it's amazing. And number two, sing because you're saved. If you've been saved and you're here, you know Jesus, you have every reason to sing. Remember the day, remember the feeling, remember your God and his love for you. And either way, we're gonna end up singing today. And so as the worship band comes back out, as we close, I want to ask you to stand to your feet. Thank you for joining us on the Scotts Hill podcast. Thank you to those who continue to give generously to this ministry. If you want more information about Scotts Hill, how to get connected in your community, or want to know more about Jesus, visit www.scottshill.org podcast for more information. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe to get notifications of future episodes. You can also share it with your friends via text message or take a screenshot and post it on your social media stories. Make sure to tag us at Scott's Hill. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.